Hey everybody, this is Sam once again, your girl with the curls, or that girl as it were. Um, this episode, episode 18, is Janet Varney, who many of you will know is the voice of Korra on Legend of Korra, and uh, also you might know her from the Thrilling Adventure Hour, where she frequently guests as uh, Donna Henderson in the Beyond Belief segments. Uh, she's also now uh, playing Virginia West in the Sparks Nevada bits. Uh, and she's, yeah, she's uh, uh, also one of the co-founders of uh, SF Sketchfest. So Janet does a lot of stuff, and uh, she was very generous with her time. Uh, we probably had the Murphy's Law of all podcasts uh, to begin with, because uh, my, my friend Miguel is joining me uh, as well in this one, because I always try to have a, a co-host with me just in case, although I, I do apologize, I kind of run away with this whole thing, and um, I, I don't know why, it just happens that way, And uh, but when we were trying to get things going... Oh, it was like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Miguel's mic wasn't working, and then Janet had trouble getting on Skype. So the the recording in full starts at me finally getting a hold of Janet on Skype. So there is some talk at, uh, about that, about the wonders of technology. So be prepared. But Jan uh, Janet was so generous with her time. She was so great. And uh, she, she tried to give us the 45 minutes that we had talked about getting, and it was awesome. She's a really cool chick to talk to. Um, also, you should listen to her podcast, The JV Club, because it is awesome if you want to hear a bunch of geeky women and some men uh, talking about their childhood. Uh, it's, always, it's always wonderful to hear about other people's childhood, isn't it? Uh, anyway, before the episode starts, uh, just remember uh, maniacalgeek.com is my website. Uh, there's also That Girl with the Curls podcast, which you can find on SoundCloud. I'm still working on posting it to iTunes soon. And um, also you can find me on Twitter at Darling underscore Sammy and like us on Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook page as well. You can find it through the website uh, or you can just search for, I believe, Maniacal Curls in the Facebook URL. So uh, thank you so much. I appreciate your patience. And uh, this is episode 18 with Janet Varney. Never ever been signed out, and I just—it didn't even occur to me. I was like, "And I just breezily opened my Skype at like 10:58. I was like, let 'Let's do this.' Yeah, and then nothing, nothing. Just like, no, you've been signed out. Oh boy. Oh no. See if we can get Miguel is a friend of mine who does these uh the our little Cora chats. So. Oh cool. We've been trying to, he's been having problems with his microphone. <laughs> Listen, I don't wish that on anyone, but it does make me feel less horrible about all my problems. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying, like, because he got a new headset, and so it's just been like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I mean, it's like me having a one-sided conversation with myself. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. It's like, oh, God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> But it's so cool here. It's like, I just watched the episode last night. Oh, cool. I hope that I, you have to tell me which episode it is, because I, I just did commentary on everything, so it's all fresh, but I don't remember what aired last night. It's uh, the battle for Zaofu. Oh, okay. I feel that I just saw that one. I hope that's true. <laughs> if I start to sound like I don't remember something, you could just make a question more general. <laughs> oh, no problem. Uh, I mean, because... I was going to, like, do, like, some coverage of, like, basic stuff. I mean, I'm recording it right now, so it's like a, a, a it's like a pre-show. Wonderful, um, wonderful. I don't know why Miguel is not. Let's try it this way. Because it's always fun when technology is involved. Isn't it? It is. And by that, I mean no. I agree wholeheartedly. 
Excellent. Um, I, I did want to say, though, that uh, um, I really enjoy listening to the JV Club. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's just it's nice to have a um, like a podcast where you can just like listen to geeky women and yep. oh yes, hear that you weren't alone in the world. <laughs> that uh, that was my goal, and I I I feel I emotionally profit from it so much uh, myself <laughs> that it feels very selfish at times. But I do love I, it. I think that's the point of most podcasts is we're just <laughs> selfishly interviewing the people we love to get some kind of like. Uh, like you're right. You're right. I'm not alone. Yeah. Miguel, are you there? Oh, dear God. <laughs> Miguel. Uh, this will be the clusterfuck of all episodes. I can't wait. I mean, we're already kind of there. It's great. I know. It's like, why even bother talking about Legend of Korra? <laughs> Let's just go on about technology for God knows how long. Great, great, great. Uh, so how has your day been so far, other than the technology? Uh, my day has been fine, my dear. I have been um, toggling back and forth between doing Sketchfest work, which is never-ending, and doing um, way too much reading up on uh, the podcast serial. I am one of many, 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 many hopeless addicts to that podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it is uh, it has kind of taken over my life in a way that I, I absolutely do not have time for it to have done. Um, what is uh, can, uh, what is Serial? Serial is uh, a an offshoot podcast from This American Life, oh, okay. and um, it's one of the reporters from This American Life uh, was contacted by someone about um, a guy who's serving time in prison for a you know a crime that he may or may not have committed. The only thing that's certain is that it was a really really thin case that the prosecution had, and they totally. Like, under no circumstances that I can see should they have convicted this kid. But um, it's this kid who is, like, you know, like, just, like, by all accounts, like, a great kid, great dude, um, was uh, – I'm getting some ice water. Sorry. This sounds loud. Um, you know, like, like junior prom prince and – and, and uh, his, his, his after-school job was, like, he worked as an EMT – Wow. Um, you know, good kid at a magnet school, Muslim. Hey, Miguel. Hey, Miguel. Oh, hello. Um, anyway, <laughs> so anyway, um, she gets really, really invested in this case, and uh, she decided to release episodes um, week by week, uh, revealing you know information about the case, and it created this incredible like subculture of people, most of whom probably were This American Life listeners to begin with, but now the podcast has become viral and it gets like a million downloads every week. But um, it, it creates this weird thing where you kind of feel like maybe you can help solve this. Oh, and yeah. um, I have never obsessed over anything in my life like I'm obsessing over this. And it actually, I was just saying this on my own podcast, uh, this, this last one that came out on Thursday, that I've, I think I understand, like, the addiction and passion that people have to, to Cora or to any other, you know. In the, I mean, they're fictional shows, and this is an actual thing that's happening. But, mm-hmm. but still, to have this sort of sense of, like, I can't get enough information on this, and I can't, like, I could talk about it all the time and focus on it all the time, I think, if I, if I, if I had the time to do that. And I, I recognize that that's not healthy. But... Um, <laughs> You're always looking for people to talk to about it. You're like, always looking for people to talk to about it. 100%. I'm on Reddit about it, which I've never been on Reddit about anything in my life, except my own Cora AMA. I feel like I'm in a community of people who are like intelligent, interested people who all feel super creepy, um, being obsessed with this real life case that involves real life people. Uh, it is really weird. Like I've never been a part of anything quite like this before where, uh, you know, I'm sitting on a thread where someone's like, but if you listen to the, like the information about the cell phone call on blah, 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 don't you think it's like, we're not detectives. I don't know what I'm, why am I, why do I think I'm going to lend any, you know, insight to this, but it's so addictive. You might. Like Detective Janet Varney. That that would be a great. Well, thank you. I'm in. Um, It's so troubling. It's it's a it's a really troubling scenario, and it's there. It's layered with so many lies that um, 
that's exactly the reason that this reporter got involved. And, uh, and it's, it's, I totally get why, like you just, it just becomes like, I, I've got to figure out what, like what these lies mean. <laughs> uh, you just start becoming Batman. It's then... terrible. It's really quite terrible. Uh, well, Miguel has finally joined us. Hooray. So, uh, uh, hey, Hello, Miguel. Miguel. Oh, so we're gonna uh we're just gonna jump into this. Welcome Janet Varney to that girl with the curls. <laughs> Thank you so much. Could you refer to me as the girl with the straight hair for the rest of the sure. I appreciate it. Awesome. We can do that. Uh my sister might have some uh, problems with that, oh, but no. uh <laughs> Uh oh, does she go by the girl with the straight hair? No, she's just ha- she just has straight hair, which uh the if you were to look at a picture of myself and my sister, you would never ever ever think we were related. Mm-hmm. Like, not I even would. A bit. Sure, you would. Um, <laughs> so, Janet Varney, voice of uh, Cora from Legend of Cora, as well as the host of the JV Club and uh, co-creator of SF Sketchfest and regular on the Thrilling Adventure Hour. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, as well as Miguel, who is uh, one of my rotating uh, co-hosts. Miguel, thank you for coming back. Oh yeah, anytime. Yeah. Uh, and like I was telling you, Janet, Miguel, and I are often the, the two talking the most about Cora <laughs> amongst our, our group of friends. Uh, so be prepared to, you know, lots of gushing. And, and Whoa, I, I, I mean, I'm always prepared for adulation. Listen, that's, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't have to do much to prepare for that. I could just lie down and soak it all in. There you go. Okay, we'll sit back and soak up some uh, good old-fashioned gushing. Wonderful. Uh, and like I told you, the the most recent episode that came out uh, was a, a battle for Zaufu. I, w- I won't go into particulars. Oh, look at that. Miguel's already got like a good groan on. Ah. So excited. <laughs> this season has been so, in, you know, it's been so intense because with Cora's like basically PTSD. Yeah. Um, just coming into play, which has been really fascinating, like, you know, extending from the last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this is, this is the last season of Cora. Like how, have, how have people been responding to that uh, with you and the cast? I mean, I'm delighted to say, although I don't wish anyone to have sad feelings, but um, from a personal standpoint of, of, you know, knowing that, that people are enthusiastic about the show, excited about it. And, um, don't want it to stop. That's obviously very gratifying. Um, you know, there are some people who I think are still holding out hope that there will be another season. And I, I, I have to be the one to kind of gently explain that we knew that it was only going to be four books going in, which mm-hmm. sort of helps temper the, you know, the sadness for us. Cause we, at least it's not, you know, there are so many shows where you just don't know from season to season, if you're going to get another one and you don't know when the the plug is going to get pulled and sometimes it gets pulled in a really horrible way where you're in the middle of something and suddenly you don't have a show anymore. So we're very yeah. lucky in that regard that we knew going in exactly what the arc was and that it would be four books, but that also guarantees there will not be a surprise fifth book. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, this is just, it's, it's just a, that's a tough piece of information to give to people who are holding out hope for more. But um, what I can say is that, you know, we're so lucky to, be a part of a show that <clears throat> in the same way as the, the first series, um, I think will live forever. I know I said that uh, somewhat infamously now because I cursed at uh, the uh, New York <laughs> Comic Con. But, um, you know, I do all these cons and a lot of the time my friend Dante Bosco is with me. He, of course, played Lord Zuko on the first series. And we have such a blast together kind of co-representing both both series and um, he, like people are as obsessed with that first series as ever. And my hope is that that will also be true and remain true for Cora. So, you know, he still has people wanting to talk to him about the show and meet him and get his autograph and all that good stuff, um, to this day. And so my intention is for it not to be something that just kind of falls by the wayside. And is this thing I did one time, it's, um, a community of people I'm very excited to stay, you know, connected with and a part of by doing conventions. And, you know, I, uh, it's been, a, it's been such a incredible pleasure, but I think, I guess the point of what I'm saying is um, it's such a great show that I don't think it is one of those shows that you sort of, you enjoyed and then it goes away and you forget how much you enjoyed it. Cause it's gone. I think it's something yeah. that can be revisited time again. It's something that people continue to get their friends into, 
Um, people, you know, are excited to show their kids and all that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping it's not an end, you know, in a way. And I don't, I, I personally don't think it will because especially with the, the strength of the writing and the, the character of Cora herself is, is such an amazing character, especially in this, you know, not new world, but this environment now where female led series and movies are becoming so much more prominent and being demanded. Yeah. Uh, Cora was like on the cutting edge of that. And she is, she's been writing that as well. And for good reason. She's an amazing character. Thank you. On behalf of Mike and Brian, I thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of the things like, I love Avatar the Last Airbender, but I, I kind of slightly love Cora a bit more. (laughs) I'll take it. And you know, it is one of those things that I absolutely understand people who tell me that they, you know, prefer the first series, um, for the reasons that they preferred. And I, and I totally understand people who prefer the second. And obviously there are some people who, kind of view them as um, partners that, you know, don't have to be like, you know, chosen one over the other. But I think, um, I think for the reasons that you just expressed um, and also because I'm on it, I mean, of course I, <laughs> I, mean, I lean on the side of Cora, but because of my emotional connection to it, but I do agree with you that it's, um, there's such great, strong female characters in the first series. So it's not like, you know, they finally figured it out, quote unquote, and like did a yeah. you know, female avatar, but Um, but the complexity of her, the specific challenges that she faces and the, her exact personality is just something that I have a lot of empathy for. And, um, and so I don't have the same kind of impatience with her that I think some people do because she has, it is, has been so hard for her and so rocky. Um, but I understand it, you know, and that doesn't mean I don't feel impatient with her sometimes, but I also feel super impatient with myself about things and, you know. Well, and I think that's what's great about Cora as a character is that when you first meet her in the first season, I mean, the, the introduction of Cora as a child, oh. when she's being the absolute, yeah. like, I'm here to car, deal with it. Yeah, like, totally. Like, that just sums up Cora almost immediately, and then ever since then it's been like really looking into Cora, like what makes her tick you know uh how does she feel as being the avatar in the shadow of ang and all that kind of stuff sure uh, sure and and then just carving out like this great supporting cast for her as well that's just full of also amazing like female and male characters that just you know it makes the world that much richer i agree i totally agree and you know i think you're right i think that that they really found such a beautiful, perfect way to introduce her because there was this sort of childish sweetness and silliness that, um, that you see in that young Cora that I think is a real bridge to a lot of the spirit of Aang's world and the, and the vibe of that series. And, um, and then you very quickly discover, I think in season one or book one that, um, a lot of that is like, like I think, I think you know, you're like, oh my gosh, she's so cute and funny. Look how headstrong and spirited she is, and you know, she's adorable. And then within the next couple of episodes, you're like, oh, this is a different show. Yeah. And this is a different feel, and there, and it's all already the stakes are are kind of a little bit higher, or at least a little bit more intense, and her age is so different from Aang's, and all that kind of stuff. And I think that it was sort of a like, uh, hey, guys, you know the vibe of this, or do you, kind of introduction. <laughs> and um, and that's, that's really, that was really exciting for me because um, I am really interested in the idea of, like, you know, she was so headstrong and so spirited and so ready to be the Avatar, and Aang was so reluctant. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we get to see this entirely different arc where somebody who thinks they're ready for something um, finds out what that, what it really means. And, um, and I think we've all been there, you know, we've all felt, we know ourselves and we think we're ready for something. And then we're in the middle of it and we're like, Oh, huh. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the interesting things about Cora as well, like, is that she, she has consistently failed at a lot of things. Um, but she does come back from them. Yeah. Which, uh, which I think is is a really interesting route to take her with. I mean, not that Aang didn't go through his trials, but with Korra, like you said, you know, she she thought she was ready for all of this. It's what spurs her to to leave the the South Pole in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through the subsequent 
the books, uh, she continually like jumps ahead a little bit too far, you know, has to fall back, regroup, does it again. And then with these two, these last two books, the, the carryover of her feeling like she's been a failure the whole time. Mm. It's been such an interesting like way of looking at her. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, Girl. I know. Poor girl. Just with, but with all the stuff with like Toph and everything, it's just like, it still gives you like this chance to explore her through other characters as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I mean, sorry. I, again, I told you the gushing. You no, know. no. I mean, listen, I'll gush right alongside you. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I was telling, I was telling you, uh, Miguel, before you came on, before we kind of, I guess, officially started this, I was talking about the fact that I was just recording yesterday. I was recording commentary for book four for the DVD and Blu-rays. And um, in that way, I think we're. It's kind of great that that the timing worked out for us to do this today because I do have fresh in my mind a lot of things that Mike and Brian talked about that I probably would not. Um, be able to speak to otherwise, but I think I can maybe scoop a little bit of the DVD commentary or at least um, mm-hmm. reference some stuff that we talked about. Um, Exclusive. Kind of. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, hopefully Nickelodeon won't mind. I, I think I can sort of at least vaguely refer to some stuff they talked about. Um, okay. uh, just in terms of, you know, if it comes up, just in terms of um, maybe some of their motivations for stuff or... Uh, I don't know. It just depends. Like it, when we're talking, if you want to talk more about the episode that you guys just saw, you know, maybe something will pop into my brain. Who knows? Well, I mean, yeah, if uh, if we want to play some catch up, first of all. Uh, so was uh, I mean, was it just a typical audition process for you to get into for for Cora? Or? Yeah, it was. It always makes me laugh when um, people I just got I just got a fan email from someone saying um or maybe it was a tweet or something that said like what made you decide to become Cora or something like that <laughs> and uh and I always say you know uh boy if I if it were up to me of course I would have said yes uh, you know if I had been famous enough to just get offered the part I, I would have said yes without reservation but um, you know I woke up had some weedy yeah. decided to do a voiceover yeah, or anything. I thought I would just reach out to some people I didn't know and uh offer up my services um, yeah, so obviously that is not how it went down. I definitely, um, had an audition for it. I had been, I had done some work for Nickelodeon, um, nothing that had gone to series. I had just finished, uh, I think working on a pilot that didn't get picked up for Nickelodeon. And, um, you know, I didn't have that much voiceover work. I had a, you know, a couple commercials under my belt. I had a couple of, um, shows under my belt, but not series that had gone, um, gone on. And, uh, and so I was, I felt very new and it was, and, Sometimes I still do, you know, when you, I think sometimes when you come from a background, it's almost like how um, skiing and snowboarding, sometimes people say, like, if you're a good skier, it's actually harder to snowboard because you, you're, mm-hmm. you want, your, your intuition tells you to do things that you can't do on a snowboard. Um, and, and I think being a, an on-camera actor, sometimes we feel uh, less equipped and more nervous about doing voiceover, breaking into voiceover than somebody who has no experience at all in either realm would um because it feels like it's related to what we do but how dare we get cocky and think that it's the same thing because it isn't kind of thing so i still you know i i still felt very like wow i can't believe this is a thing i really passionately wanted to get involved with and i can't believe i'm actually getting the opportunity to even audition for stuff and that in and of itself felt like such an achievement and so um i just had zero expectations about getting cast uh for voiceover i just didn't I just thought it would never happen. And um, I I already had a sense in the very brief time I had been auditioning for voiceover that, you know, there were some really heavy hitters who kind of worked on everything. And that was before I even knew Gray, who is now one of my dearest friends. Um, But I really had that feeling that I think uh, a lot of us have, you know, outside of show business, too. But like if you see people around you that you admire and they seem to have it all uh, and have it all figured out, you're like, why would anyone want me to do this? And so I really, I mean, I hate to say it, but I feel like I entered into a lot of auditions with that attitude, this sort of like, I don't know what I'm doing here kind of attitude. And I do feel like I had that about Cora. And, um, and I was, so I, I left uh, the very first audition just really thinking like, well, that was another, another one I'll never hear about again, like all the other ones since I'm just getting started on this thing. And, you know, when I started getting called back multiple times, um, Again, I just like tried to sort of protect my feelings and also had, you know, absolutely knew what a, what a wonderful show the first series was. So um, 
didn't want to get my hopes up in any direction, really. And all the way up through kind of finding out that I got it, it still didn't really like I I was really excited, but I definitely was super nervous that somehow it would get taken away from me. <laughs> <You're preserved. laughs> Just like, oh, oh my God. so sad, but it's so true. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally understand, like, not wanting to get your hopes up too high because you're, like, the crushing disappointment of, <laughs> of it could be. Absolutely. And then even when you're doing stuff, you know, you hear these horror stories. It's actually very rare, but you hear horror stories of people getting replaced on stuff. And it does happen, certainly. But I think, you know, if someone were really to look at the numbers, it doesn't happen that often that someone gets replaced on something. Um, but you just, you just, the more you care about something sometimes, the more you're, like, you know, it is that sort of thing that maybe we get socialized into thinking or whatever. We're trying to protect ourselves that we're like, well, this is bound to go wrong. Like, this is too good. This is too good to be true. This is too great of a show. It's too fun. It's too, you know, I'm too new at this. Someone at some point is going to figure out that I shouldn't be doing this and it will be ripped from me in the most painful way possible. <laughs> Someone's going to show up in the recording booth and go, liar! Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So the fact that that didn't happen and that Mike and Brian continue to say very positive things about me uh, to others, um, you know, and that, it, you know, luckily I get lovely, uh, you know, recognition and notes from people who, who think that I, you know, did have something to do with, I guess, the emotional depth of the show because of my performance or whatever. Um, see, even that I can't have to brush off. I have to go, like, yeah, whatever. Um, uh, you know, Through your emotions. it's, uh, it's, it just means so much to me, you know, it really, really means so much to me. I can tell you at most cons I've been to, there's always, there's always a few girls dressed up as Cora. So it's, uh, yeah. you're doing something right. I love the cosplay. It's so exciting and great. I'm so in awe of people who are, and you know, there's every, every, I've, I've done so many cons now that I, I know the questions to ask and I'm usually right. So I'm, it's very easy for me to say, so, honey, how much sleep did you get last night? An hour? Because <laughs> everybody always, without fail, seems to stay up, you know, all night the night before finishing their costumes and stuff. And I really love being a privy to, you know, those kinds of, like, convention staples now that I've been doing it long enough that I can be like, listen, guys, I know what's up. I know a thing or two. I know, I know everybody stays up all night. I know you don't have it done three weeks in advance. <laughs> have you have you ever wanted to uh, cosplay uh, at all in the, at the con? I mean, I love costumes, so I super appreciate it. I have not done anything um, other than cosplaying as Cora once for a Kickstarter video that is now somewhat infamous. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I have not. Uh, I have not really done cosplay, uh, that, but I, I'm that impressed was... by it ridiculously funny when you're trying to ride your dog <laughs> embarrassing and dumb <laughs> it, was, it was pretty fun well you come from a sketch background i so do i do i do but like because i think that's been an issue for me in in some ways a very minor one but um you know someone like pj who's extremely funny and silly as well not to say i'm extremely funny and silly but he's very silly and so am i you know he that carries over into his his character and so um you know, he's very PJ no matter what. And, and because Cora is, is not a particularly, you know, I don't improvise for Cora. She's not like a goofball. Um, I don't, I kind of check my comedy at the door. And, um, and so it's sort of a weird disconnect because, uh, when I, when I blend the two back together, I always feel really unsure and like worried that someone's going to think I'm disrespecting it or that it just won't be funny. And so with that sketch, I was like, Oh, I hope, I hope people have a sense of humor about this and they don't think that I'm, you know what I mean? Like I'm overly yeah. precious about it. I'm overly careful about it because I don't want anybody to think that it's, it's a sign of disrespect, which I don't think anyone does. It's like so silly for me to worry that much. But, um, and then the same thing when I do cons, you know, it's, I'm, I, we, I just did a con in Oklahoma where we did this thing called ask an anime character. And so it's just like, we just, there are four of us backstage and we each have, you know, um, a bunch of different expressions that are stills from our shows. And uh, we, when we press the keyboard button, that's like Cora looking angry. You know, I can, mm -hmm. that's what this audience sees. They just see a big movie screen projection of her being angry, you know, if I'm responding. And so they get to ask questions. So yeah. it's a po like, but I'm always surrounded by like, you know, this person plays Invader Zim. This person plays this person on Futurama. It's all comedy a mm -hmm. lot of the time. And, um, and for some reason, like here I am with this improv background, and for some reason I sit back there just sweating. Like, I don't know how to make Cora hilarious. Like, what? 
that's not who she is in my brain. And, you know, so it's funny. I really <laughs> overthink it in a way that I, that I don't, you know, when I'm outside of Cora doing like comedy and stuff. Yeah. And, 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 and even in the show, she does do a lot. There are like some, a lot of comedic elements to her. Like uh, I know that there are a lot of people who still ship her and Bolin. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's so sweet. I know, like such a cute little montage until she kissed Mako. Yep. <laughs> I think I know where Miguel's heart lies based on Maybe. that. Maybe. Uh huh. <laughs> I, I was always kind of the like the you know uh, general Iroh uh, almost would have been. Uh, I I don't know how much older he is than her, but <laughs> it was kind of like you know what? He's pretty suave. Uh, that's right. He's pretty suave. Dante, I, I always keep thinking like some grandson of Sokka and Suki is going to show up somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, you never know with Mike and Brian, right? I mean, at any moment you could have the surprise, but then it could end up that you never see any of those characters again. It's just no knowing. That's been the frustration for me because uh, Sokka was one of my favorite characters from the first series. Uh-huh. And so it's just like, okay, yeah, we got a couple of glimpses, which uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize this was actually a uh, Older Sokka was played by Chris Hardwick. Yes, he was. Yes. Of the Nerdist Network. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it, that, so that like blew my mind for a second. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, like we've only seen like uh, a couple of glimpses and a few mentions, and it's like, but what happened to them? No, I know. Well, I guess you know. I mean, I haven't delved really into the books much, but I know that that's something that some people find a comforting resource as it sort of continues. Mm-hmm pieces that continue on where, you know, answers may not have been provided. Yeah, I, I was talking to, have you ever, um, I, I don't know, maybe talked with uh, Aaron Diaz. He does uh, Dark Science and The Tomorrow Girl. I have not. I haven't. Mm-mm. So he's a he's an illustrator and a writer and everything, and he's obsessed with Cora. He loves Cora. Uh, I talked to him at Geek Girl Con uh, here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in October, and uh, we were just going on about uh, about Cora and stuff because we're like the comics can only give you so much because they can't capture bending. Right, in the right, way. of course not. Like bending has to be animated because it's so fluid and great and point. It's yeah, it's I mean that's one of the things that I have loved the most as well about Cora is that the progression of t- of styles of bending. Um, oh yeah. Well, I could. I would. I would have watched probably just a season of them as pro bending champions. Like I just would have watched oh them God. play games for a season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like if you just, you know, special season five that no one knows. <laughs> totally. <about. laughs> Fire ferrets are back. <laughs> and then just a season about whether Tano gets his powers back because I get asked about that all the time too, and I'm like, hi oh, guys, I'm sorry. I don't know if he was that important to Mike and Brian. Like, I don't know if they thought about that. They might have just been like. Sorry, Tano. Yeah, it's it's one of those weird things, like small characters that you don't think are going to be that like significant at all. Yeah. Like Tano is one of those. Uh, like in the in the original series, it was like the cabbage guy. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sure. Sure. Guy. My cabbages. Um. But it, there's just always someone that people just attach to for no apparent reason. Right. Right. <laughs> And Tano seems to be that one where I, I don't know if it's because they're like, Cora needs to have a boyfriend. Right, right. Well, I don't, even, I don't know, but like also I understand, um, I have to say I can relate to the idea of choosing someone that other people aren't paying as much attention to because it makes me feel like I'm doing something a little different and I'm sort of, do you know what I mean? Like I think there's right, something yeah. to that too where you're like, you know what my favorite character is? This person. I bet you guys don't even think about this person. Well, I do. You know what I mean? There's something kind of like it gives you, it kind of creates a feeling of proprietary, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a DC Comics reader, so yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, which X-Men do you like? You know, which, which, which mutant do you like best? I'm sure I would pick someone that everyone forgot about. I would be like... Well, guys, I know you have probably haven't thought about this amazing character for a while, but it's the person I would marry. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, there's there. It, no matter what fandom, there's always going to be that group that's just like I've attached to this character, even though that seemed like the least important character right, ever. Exactly. One day they will be important, and I'll be there. No, <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's exactly right. Oh man. Um. So catching up, like, uh, I I know that we kind of like 
had a, a range time, but can you keep going a little bit longer? Oh yeah, or? let's. I mean, I definitely said forty five minutes, so I'll, I'll I'll I have a call at noon that I'm just gonna. I just emailed someone and said it was gonna be a few minutes afternoon. Okay, um, cool. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> Uh, so we're, we're, we're pretty much kind of caught up now here in, in season four. So far we're in, uh, episode seven, I think is what it, no, yes, seven, Battle of Zofu, and we have Kuvira is our, our main villain. Indeed we do. Oh my God. And, and it's so great. I saw this tweet from someone and they were saying like, Korra has all of these, uh, it's all about politics and, and society and economics and blah, blah, blah. And it's all run by female characters right now. Yeah, it really is. Cool to yeah. It. I mean, I think that's one of the things I really do appreciate about Korra and especially in, in Avatar as well is that uh, uh, Mike and Brian have always had a very strong supporting cast of female characters. Absolutely. Um, that are all like kick-ass fighters, but characters in their own right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, I, I mean, what is uh, what has it been like for you guys, like, in the in the recording booths, I guess, uh, like, fleshing, you know, the characters out? You know, I mean, you only have, you have Cora to speak for, but have you, do you guys record together? Do you, or is it mostly separate? Do you see this evolution happening? Or? Well, I definitely, we definitely record. Nickelodeon's great about trying to get as many people in the room together as possible. And, and, uh, and certainly I've recorded with Zelda, which was, you know, such a pleasure because anytime you can get into that same room with somebody and take advantage of their, you know, formidable acting chops, uh, it definitely is, is you're, you're served by it rather than, you know, there's never a time when you would be like, I wish that wouldn't have happened. Um, <laughs> and you know, she's terrific and she has a similar, uh, she has a, she had a similar experience as me with Kuvira, which is like, it's kind of her first big acting job as in voiceover. And, um, and she's killing it and she's she's such a great character and she's just as delighted by you know all of us as I am and and uh and so yeah I mean it's really it's really cool and and the thing that I I guess I would say again because you know this is kind of fresh in my mind um is that uh I it's I don't think that it's an accident that Cora is you know wrestling with her own power and strength and is being haunted by, you know, not uh, not a ghost of, uh, not a ghost of Zaheer, but in fact a ghost of herself. And mm-hmm. um, and I think that uh, having Kuvira be this, you know, very strong, very formidable female, young female antagonist is uh, kind of humiliating for her. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean, like. Like there's that's not an accident. Mike and Brian really know how to tell a great story, and I think her having to wrestle with all of her demons in the midst of of battling the first female villain, who is kind of a mirror image of her in some ways, is um is not a, it's not a coincidence. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and it's great that yeah, because all of her her villains up to this point had been you know mostly men. I mean, we had the. Uh, the really awesome uh, Ming Hua and uh, um, oh god, what was it? it oh, was Ming Hua is amazing. Yeah. Oh, armless oh. waterbender. Oh man, so good. So and good. I didn't even realize that was happening for the first episode. I I think I was like, oh, she's just like awesome and bending water. Oh wait. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I like, got oh. it. I was going up to people and be like, armless waterbender. Yeah, it's amazing. So Such a great idea. And you had Pali, who with the combustion, the sparky boom boom. <laughs> oh yes, yes, Pali. That was another. That's another. Um, uh, speaking of inside information, that was another name that people really struggled with. Because <laughs> you see it on paper, and it's P apostrophe L I, and someone who was like kind of new to the show, and even people who weren't would just come in and go, "What's this now? <laughs> exactly. How do I say this?" I think, yeah, I think everyone kind of, like, has that moment where, like, I need someone to spell out how to pronounce this. Please. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, PJ had trouble with his own name for a long time. He kept wanting to say oh. Bolin, like, I'm going Bolin with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mako, Mako, like, you're just trying to, like... Oh, that happened, too, I think. Not so much with us, but, yeah, we would have guest stars mm-hmm. come in, and they would say Mako, and we'd all, like, chuckle to ourselves, and, you know, Andrea Romano would have to be like, it's actually Mako, and then you're kind of, like back in the world of like, oh, yeah, this is like kind of, I mean, dare I say this, I, I, I think once people see it, they understand how special it is. But, you know, it was like, oh, this person is just coming in for the day. They have no, like, they don't care what the show is. 
Yeah. You know? Player they don't and... mean any disrespect, but, like, they have no idea what world we're in right now. They don't care if it's, you know, Mako or Mako. Well, it's kind of, I've seen, like, um, the nostalgia critic, you know, when he started doing, uh, um, what was it? Uh, Airbender uh, and and Korra and everything, they were mispronouncing uh, Sokka. Uh-huh. They kept going Soka. Uh-huh. And it was, I mean, you the amount of comments of people like correcting the name. Oh, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure it becomes so. It becomes unthinkable when you're because you're so on the inside of it. It becomes unthinkable to you that somebody would make that mistake. And of course, it's mm-hmm. you know it's completely understandable and not abnormal. But it feels like, are you kidding me? How does that yeah. know this? <laughs> it's like, it's right there in the source material. Exactly. Look it up. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, back to, back to Kavira, because I'm so sorry. You're going on tangents and everything. No, no, I live on tangents. It's not your fault. Yes. <laughs> like, it's a tangential conversation. Very much. With Janet Barney. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and back to, back to all the stuff with, yeah, with Kavira and, and, and Cora just, yeah, fighting those demons. And especially with, this most recent episode because she and Kuvira have their first fight mm-hmm. and, and poor Cora, like spoilers for everybody who will listen to this much later. Uh, um, she, she doesn't fare well, our girl. Yeah. yeah. She's not, well, that's, and that's, that, that's a really, you know, a great opportunity to sort of see where she thinks she is versus where she discovers she is in terms of her, yeah. her emotional and physical readiness. And I think maybe in that case, um, and I'm not remembering exactly, but I, I seem to remember that, um, you know, she might be there physically, but this is where we find out, like, just because you're there physically doesn't mean you're there emotionally. Yeah, and, and Cora, another aspect of Cora's journey has always been her spiritual connection. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, it was the interesting ideas that were brought up in book two uh, with her uncle and everything in the in the spirit world, and then all that carryover where she's... Cora's always had a, a, a very contentious relationship with her spiritual side because it's just so the the antithesis of her. Right, exactly. Um, and and to see that now kind of playing out where it's like she, you know, she has to deal with that or else she's never going to beat Kuvira at this point. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I, I, I would say that I do feel like by book four, she doesn't have as, as kind of contentious or combative a relationship with that side of herself. I think I will say that of all of the things she's figured out through the process of, you know, being poisoned and, and all that kind of stuff is that she do, I think she does really respect her own spirituality and her need for spirituality uh, on a level that it took her a long time to get to. Yeah. No, and 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 that's what's great yeah. as well as like, but yeah, her seeing herself in in Kuvira, uh, in this episode where you're just like, oh man, Negakora's back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, it's it's just like, I mean, like like you say, like you get there's a frustration where you're just like, you just want Cora to kick ass, um, because that's what we've we've seen from her so much. Yeah. And then when she's struggling, you're just like, oh my god, I. Come on! Please. I know it's so painful and frustrating. Uh, but it's so like um, story-wise, it's like I like those slow burns mm-hmm. you know, where you know, like you know that when she comes back, when she's at like full capacity, it's gonna be glorious. <laughs> well, yeah, there is something to be said for take you know knocking knocking something down to the point where it is tremendously cathartic when when it you know comes back. Hopefully, it will. Oh, listen to me. Oh, like someone's hinting at things. What if it just added on, it ended on like the saddest point of just, she just oh. never, nothing ever changes. She's just oh. totally paralyzed by fear for the rest of the series. And this has been the most depressing episode. Oh, that's right. That girl with the curls podcast. That's right. Yeah. Sam's going to go cry in a corner. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. Thanks. Okay, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, since and we do have to, uh, you know, start wrapping things up because you do have your thing to get to. Um, are there any, I mean, without spoiling, are there any hints that you can give us, like, to uh, episodes kind of in the in the distance uh, for, for Cora? I mean, I'm just not allowed to. I can't. I'm so sorry. I, I, I always um, wish I could. And a lot of the time, 
um, we're in the middle of working on something else or, or we'll be doing ADR for something. And so I, it's not even in my mind at the forefront enough to sometimes I'm like, I can't remember what you're asking me. So it's a good thing because I'd be really tempted to tell you, but now mm. I have, it is all very fresh in my mind. So I, I wish that there's stuff that I could tell you, but I just can't do it. Damn it. All right. I know. I'll have to catch you on an off day. Then. That's right. you could, maybe I mutter stuff in my sleep and I, someone should bug my house. Who knows? There we go. Who knows? Enterprising people, I know. That's right. <laughs> um, That's right. Uh, so, uh, again, like, uh, Cora is uh, airing every Friday night on Nickelodeon at Nick.com. And, uh, Janet, where can people find you online? Uh, well, let's see. I'm on Twitter, at, just at Janet Varney. I have a website that's just JanetVarney.com. Um, and I definitely encourage people to listen to the JV club podcast, which you mentioned before, Sam, um, it's, it's my other sort of like unabashed delight and love right now. Um, and I do definitely interview, uh, women from the avatar show. And then I started doing, I usually only interview women, but I started doing a summer series called boys of summer and I interviewed Mike and Brian and I just loved that interview with them. So if you're fans of those guys and you want to hear about what their teenage years were like, which I'm, yeah. I have a, specific, a very special place in my heart for with everyone. Um, I highly recommend that you check that out and then stick around and listen to some of the the other people, and I think, you know, I, I also, as much as famous people are wonderful, I also get really excited about maybe introducing some listeners to people that they don't know yet, but that they will love and uh, whose work I think they should be, you know, keeping an eye on. I can, I can tell you, yeah, the uh, um, teenage years are always fun. It's hard. Yeah. There's, there are usually a lot of rich depths to be plumbed when it comes to the teenage years. I have stories about <laughs> <laughs> Any, uh, and, go ahead. Oh yeah. Anytime you need to interview a dude from Kansas City, hey. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Same goes for a girl from Renton, Washington. <laughs> uh, I am a big fan of the Pacific Northwest. Now I've not been to Kansas City, so I really can't speak to it. I w- finally went to that vague region when I went to Oklahoma City this last week, and I was like, ah, oh, it's really great to sort of be in a completely different area of the United States that I've never visited before, and that's one of the cool things about doing conventions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oklahoma City's fun. And yeah. Casey has Planet Comic Con also, if that ever comes up for you, I think I would Listen, be... I always say I'll go whatever, I'll go to wherever I'm invited if I can work it out with my schedule, because I'm I'm all about hanging with the fans. I would be first in line to give you, like, the world's biggest high five. Uh, I'll take it. Right there. Sounds like it could be painful, but I'm willing to <laughs> try it out, see how I do. Awesome. And you're going to be at Emerald City Comic Con uh, coming I up. am. I can't wait. I'm so excited. That's a con that I've been hearing about for a long time and that I've never had a chance to go to, so I'm psyched. It, yeah, uh, so I, I will be there and give you another big uh, high five. <laughs> guys, guys, one at a time. Wait, you, are, you are saying well, one at a time. Can... You've already established it will be one at a time. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I probably will get to meet you first. Sorry, Miguel. But... Okay. Yeah. I'm okay. sorry, but I can only take one high five a year, so. Oh, snap. Ah, uh, uh, damn it. Uh, yeah. uh, sorry, Miguel. It's like, yes, winner. Yeah, guys. <laughs> Um, and are you guys still uh, filming the, the pilot for uh, Thrilling Adventure for uh, Beyond Belief? Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's definitely still happening. Um, I don't know the scheduling exactly because I know that all of our schedules keep changing, so we keep having to reschedule it, but it is definitely happening. Um, I think it's happening at the end of the year, so I can't cool. wait. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I absolutely love Donna. Oh, thank <laughs> Donna. you. I'm so, I've been playing Ginny West so much on Sparks. I kind of like, it's been a while since I've been Donna. I, I have to like. That's true, yeah. I with her. You, you and Sparks Nevada. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, that was really fun. When they asked me to do that, I was like, oh, my God, I get to be in Sparks, too. This is like an embarrassment of riches. And then you're just going to show up in Captain Laserbeam. And I mean, listen, uh, I, if I could weasel my way into every single plot line, I probably would. I love doing the show, and I love the bends, and I love the entire cast. Um, it is a real, real privilege and a complete delight getting to spend time with Mark Evan Jackson. I just couldn't love him more as a person. So, um, um, so I've interviewed uh, Hal Lublin before. Uh, before. I love Hal. Hal's amazing. So I asked him, I'm going to ask you, do you have a um, Mark Evan Jackson impersonation? Oh, interesting. I mean, 
I just am wondering if there's a way that I can pause. <laughs> For a really long time before I finish. <laughs> it's like, I'm from Earth. That was my first attempt at doing that. <laughs> and um, I can see it needs a lot of work, but it's good to know that there's anything in there at all. Because I did not know I had an impression of Mark Evan Jackson until just now. There we go. You'll hone it, and um, if you if you ever want to come back, uh, you can uh, you you try it out again. Okay, good, good, mm-hmm. good. After I've had a little, that's good, that's good. Give me a chance to really sharpen it up. We'll send the clip to Mark, and he can judge. Oh man, woo! You just added an element of pressure. I don't know bum, if I can bum, think. That's what I do. It's that's how I raise the stakes really on this it. podcast. Really did it. Um, Miguel, did you have? I mean, I'm so sorry. I've been hogging all the questions. Miguel, did you have any questions? <laughs> As like we were about to get off. The um, phone. no, I think you you kind of hit it all, hit all of them. I had a list. Thank Thank I checked goodness. it twice. It all really would have been in the doghouse, Sam. Smack them all around. And- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Miguel, where can people find you online then? Oh, I lurk here and there. That's <laughs> that's not a good word for oh how my I. God. That's not how I should describe how I set my time online. Uh, on Twitter, I'm <laughs> at not a Kryptonian. Big L, you know. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's good. That's that's there, right there. All right. Well, and you can also occasionally listen to Miguel here on the podcast. He does tend to show up from time to time. He, he lurks until he shows up. Mm-hmm. Yes, he uh, he's always lurking in the shadows. Yeah. He is he is the Batman of the internet. Uh, I <laughs> wish. <laughs> like not a Kryptonian, but a vigilante. Yeah. Um, and uh, for those listening, you can find me at darling underscore Sammy, as well as themaniacalgeek dot com, and uh, that girl with the curls on SoundCloud. And uh, Janet, once again, thank you so much for giving us your time. Uh, so appreciate it. My mm-hmm. pleasure, guys. Can't thank you more. Uh, actually, I could, but it would just get ridiculous. Um, so, uh, without further ado, uh, thanks again. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Sam. Thanks, Miguel. It was great talking to you guys. Thank you. Too. All right. Talk to you soon.